Are you a fan of pro wrestling, comedy, and combat sports? Then we have the podcast for you because we cover that and much, much more. Do you like to debate with your friends? Do we have the perfect segment for you? It's the 531, where we take any given subject, break it down to a top five. From there, we debate it down to three and then into that number one spot. If you want to get a hold of us, find us on our social media. Search Working Fans Podcast on any major social media platform. And if you want to find the podcast, search for us on any major podcast platform as well as YouTube. Working Fans Podcast. We put in the work so you don't have to. All right, everybody. We are live with the Combat Cast. It's Chevron Rooney. It's the man they call Dave. And we are going to talk some UFC action. Chevy, tell people what we got coming up first. All right. July 22nd, UFC Fight Night. Tom Aspinall versus Marcin Tibera. Looking forward to that heavyweight matchup. Tom Aspinall coming back from a catastrophic knee injury versus Curtis Blades. And then July 29th, back uh, back with a pay-per-view, 291, uh, Poirier versus Gaethje 2 for the BMF belt. Um, and then August 5th, UFC Fight Night, Sandhagen versus Nurmagomedov. It's a great bantamweight matchup. I'm ready for all those cards to happen. I'm ready to skip this weekend's card. Hell yeah, I'm with you. But we're <laughs> we're not going to do that. We're going to talk about about this week's card. You want to get into that? Yeah, a little bit. Let's get let's just knock that out of the way. We're only going to talk the co-main event and main event. Unless there's anything else you want to profile on this you saw. I, I just know that Jack Della Maddalena ended up on this card. Um, they found him a UFC debutante, uh, Basil Hafiz. So I, I assume that Jack's going to roll through them. I don't know where it's going to end up on the card yet um, as far as like bout order. But uh, I, I would look for Jack to finish this guy pretty quickly. I don't know anything about him. So we'll see. Yeah. So probably he, he might end up being the co-main event too. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he could be the main event. He's the most exciting fighter on the card for sure. So, but let's talk about... Uh, what the UFC website says is the co-main event. Yes. Um, Albert Doria versus Yoon Jong Park. All right. Young Park is 16 and five. He's got five KOs, five subs, six decisions. He's on a three fight win streak. And uh, Albert is 16 and four, three KOs, nine subs, four decisions. He's two and one in the UFC. That lone loss is to uh, Joaquin Buckley. Uh, who caught him? So no shame in that. Um, Park's the one on the big of a, a bit of a winning streak right now, but uh, I feel like uh, Albert he's had maybe a little more competition of the two. Arguably, it's an even fight. It's really hard to kind of pick. Um, I'm gonna go with Park. I'll say he gets it done by sub third round. Yeah, I have to go with my boy, the Iron Turtle. Uh, Yun mm-hmm. Jung Park. So I think he's going to catch Dariyov and TKO him in round two. Um, but if not, it's going to be a long night of him fighting off his back. So come on, the Iron Turtle. <laughs> All right, let's uh, move on to. Also, uh, we didn't talk about this, but this fight night, um, the main card starts at t- 10 p.m. So oh, yeah. I will not be staying up to watch this live. I'll watch it on Sunday or whatever. Not not worth my time to stay up and watch. Mm-mm. So, uh, but main event, Holly Holm versus uh, Mayra Bueno Silva. Bueno, she is 10-2-1. She only got one KO. 
Seven subs, two decisions. He's on a three-fight win streak. Holly Holm is 15-6, eight KOs, seven decisions, and she's won three out of her last four. Holm may not be the most exciting fighter, but I think she's also one of the more consistent fighters in the sense that she's not necessarily been in that top two, top three lately, but she's right there at number five, it seems like. You know, she's right out, either right outside or right there. And uh, I don't see anything changing. I think this is Holly Holm, five-round decision. She gets it done. Yeah, we're sort of in line here. Bruno Silva's on a three-fight win streak, but Holly's too uh, savvy for her, I think. So um, Holly's going to use a clinch uh, against the cage to keep from being taken down. And then on the feet, she's going to stay at kickboxing range um, and use good footwork. So uh, boring decision per usual for Holly Holm. Yeah, yeah, I can't disagree with any of that. And uh, like I said, I think we're on the same page. So, <laughs> yeah, right. All right, let's let's uh, let's get into UFC 290 last week. Um, one of the best cards, if not the best card of the year so far. Absolutely amazing card. Um, we're going to go through the whole main card, but I just want to shout out. Uh, obviously, we can't go on without talking about Robbie Lawler. Um, 38 second finish over Nico Price. Uh, you know, he's a robot basically, but he showed some emotion in the cage entering. You know, he really uh, took in the moment. Um, and then afterwards, after the KO, you know, you saw him tearing up. And then the UFC finally, thank you, finally. Uh, got one right in a retirement fight and they had a package ready to go uh, for Robbie and uh, it was excellent. That's good. To hear. I didn't see that. I'm going to just go back and watch that now. Oh uh, yeah, that's right. It was, it was fantastic. They had uh, when Joe was giving him his interview, they, you know, he said, watch the screen and they had a whole reel and everything. It was great. That's tremendous. Um, yeah. Robbie Lawler. I didn't think he would beat Nico. This is based on some of the performances I've seen out of Robbie. Like, still strong, but Nico, to me, looked like, you know, the stronger of the two fighters lately, younger, obviously. But, man, I think that afterwards, I think Nico's price was uh, style was almost kind of tailor-made for a guy like Robbie Lawler at this point in his career, you know, because Robbie's still got that power, and Price likes to just march right in there. So, is what it is for Nico Price. Uh, he'll be back like Nico Price, but definitely cool to see Robbie Lawler go out with a win and on top. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's get into this main card. Absolutely tremendous main card. Start off with Bo Nickel versus Val Woodburn. Bo Nickel gets it done in, what was it, 33 seconds, too? Is I, think, this... I think 38. I think the same amount of time as Robbie. Yeah, ridiculous. Um, Woodburn was a short-notice replacement, so it's kind of hard to read into this. Uh, Woodburn was undefeated coming in on the regional scene, but what's interesting is... Even at this level, whatever this level is, we don't know what Woodburn was. Nichols finishing people on it with his hands, you know, in 38 seconds, 38 seconds. So it's a good, good sign if you're in the camp of Bo Nickel and you know you have just devastating wrestling. The only thing I would worry about, I mentioned this that night, is sometimes people fall in love with their hands. Let's obviously remember this guy's wrestling based and let's just keep working on those hands as an option to hopefully set up the wrestling as he gets in there, uh, tougher and tougher opponents. But, man, I sometimes like to pick opponents for people after this. I'm not doing this here with Bo Nickel. Just keep doing what you're doing right now. We're building up this guy, and uh, I can't wait to see 
I mean, I can because I don't want to see him rush him, but I'm excited at the point where we do get to see this guy with stiffer competition. Yeah, uh, Bo got it done on the feet. Um, and, and one thing I did notice is that when he hurt him, he was quick to notice that he hurt him. He didn't rush in. He stayed still just at the end of his punches and landed a few more shots before Val went down. So, um, you know, he did tremendous. I, I think that he doesn't strike me as one of the wrestlers that's going to fall in love with his striking because uh, you saw in his contender series fight, uh, he was willing to roll to that triangle, roll to his back to a triangle that's totally against a wrestler's nature. Um, I, I, so I think that he's just intelligent as a fighter and he, and he um, will be able to see going forward uh, where he's at in all aspects of MMA. I, I think that he's going to be a complete fighter and he's going to be super dangerous. So as far as future opponents, I'm with you. I think, you know, right now I would say he's a top 15, maybe even a top 10 guy, but the UFC should continue to bring him along slowly um, because he's not really getting that much octagon time either. So right, I, I'd like to see one more fight before a top 15 guy, right? If he melts another guy in, you know, inside a round, then, you know, it's going to be real hard to get guys to sign on to fight him at that, you know, five and oh rank six and oh rank or whatever. So, um, yeah, excited for, for Bo Nickel. He's uh, the biggest prospect in MMA since I've been watching, for sure. So, All right, let's move on to the, to the next fight and what a fight this was as well. Uh, Jalen Turner versus Dan Hooker. Bo Nickel might be the greatest prospect in the UFC. Dan Hooker might be the toughest guy in the UFC. This guy uh, had a broken orbital and uh, it's a broken arm, I think, by the time they figured this out. He just took some punches. This should have definitely some kicks. This should have definitely have knocked him out. We said Jalen Turner was the bigger athletic guy going into this, and that's what's going to be the difference maker. And if you watch the fight, to me, that's what it looked like it should have been. Mm-hmm. But, man, Dan Hooker's toughness was just not to be denied here. He's a special, special guy. And uh, it was all heart and determination. I mean, don't get me wrong. There was skill. He's obviously good with striking and everything, too. But, like, to me, this was the heart was the biggest thing. I'm not going to mention another opponent for Dan Hooker either because I don't know when Dan's going to come back after a broken orbital and a broken arm, but I'm really happy he's sticking around and I hope for a speedy recovery and I can't wait to see this guy fight again. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, uh, Jalen was looking good early on, but I think once he landed that head kick on Dan and Dan didn't go away uh, and in fact kept coming forward, uh, I think that kind of broke Jalen's will and then Dan landed a few good shots on him uh, after that as well so um, it it was a good fight Jalen Turner is a great prospect though Mm -hmm. I do think he has a great future this was a big lesson for him about the level of competition he's going to face in the UFC so uh, you know good lesson learned when when you're young in your career and obviously you know we knew Dan Hooker was super tough before, especially after that Barbosa beating. Uh, you can't kill the guy. So um, no. shout out to Dan Hooker. Yeah, I hope he uh, he gets back soon. I love watching him fight. All right, let's uh, move on to the next one. Uh, I, I don't think any of us uh, thought this was going to go this way, but Robert Whitaker versus, versus Driscus Duplices. Duplice. 
Yeah, man. The police. Uh, <laughs> I don't really know what to say. Like I, it's not like I counted the guy out. He's been impressive since coming in, but this is another level. Robert Whitaker is the clear was the clear number two middleweight in the world. He's beating everybody, not Israel Adesanya. And quite frankly, it wasn't like I ever watched one of those guys he beat and thought, oh, Whitaker shouldn't have won that fight, you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. This is a different. Now he he got caught, but even before he got caught, I would say. You know, Dupuis was holding his own. You know, I think it was a good back and forth fight, but then he catches him. So to me, this just shows how tough Driscus is. And I doesn't mean he's going to beat Stylebender because now, again, we're talking two different styles of fights. Um, which, by the way, again, really not another fight I'm going to pick for afterwards because this is, it, his fight is clear. It's going to be Israel Adesanya. But um, yeah, I mean, great performance as far as his future goes without Adesanya. Just another one we're going to wait and see, but I can't sleep on the guy. Yeah, I don't want to take too much away from him, but that Robert Whitaker also did not look like the usual Robert Whitaker that we see, you know, and that could be 100% credit to uh, Drickus. Um, just he's awkward and powerful. So, you know, it's tough to deal with. We haven't seen uh, Whitaker in a little while. So maybe he's you know, a little cage rust, but it got rocked early. And you could tell uh, when he went back to the corner at the end of round one, you know, he was still out of it. You know, he had that thousand yard stare. So uh, good on uh, Duplice for capitalizing. He looked great. Um, The whole post fight thing with Izzy was kind of cringy. Hats off for him for walking away. Yeah, yeah, he came out looking looking like the professional, uh, you know. I feel like Izzy maybe was a little bit surprised that he won, so he didn't have anything prepared, and he kind of just went in there and decided to wing it, and it didn't yeah. come off great. So, But I am looking forward to the fight, you know, bring on all the drama, I guess. Uh, don't need it, but it does add to the anticipation of the fight. So let's move on to Brandon Moreno versus Alexander Pantoja for the flyweight belt. Just a great fight that I honestly thought could have gone either way. Uh, like when it went to the decision, I was kind of leaning towards Pantoja, but I wouldn't have been surprised if Moreno had won this fight. This was all the rounds were just those close, close rounds for the most part. Um, I'm very impressed with Pantoja because even though he had beaten Moreno before, I really believed after watching Moreno uh, finished those fights with Davidson that he was just on another level. And I thought no one was going to be able to stop him. And uh, that did not happen. Uh, Pantasia uh, showed he was every bit on that level and more because he won the fight. And now I don't know uh, what to think um, as far as like who should be next. There's some other great quality contenders in here. So I'm guessing Moreno should probably fight again because he's had a couple of losses. But I definitely don't feel like Moreno should be out of contention like to me he could be one fight away from fighting for the title again yeah i um first of all moreno just does not have boarding fights does he uh you know this was maybe fight of the year so far it was so good um i personally thought that moreno won but you know it was super close i i don't think he got robbed in any facet it's just how you judge a fight but um, I don't think in the grappling exchanges, even when he had Moreno's back, that he was really doing enough to uh, threaten him. So uh, I think 
that I would have gave the fight to Moreno, but um, I'm most certainly biased as well. So uh, mm-hmm. I know Pantoja is up 3-0 on him now, but I think that Moreno deserves another shot. Uh, he was, uh, you know, he is a great champion. Yeah, but you could put Roy Val in there or Amir Al-Bazi or whatever. Um, I, I think that Pantoja has beaten Roy Val. I don't know about Al-Bazi. So. Uh, Flyweight is somewhat exciting again, though. We yeah. we don't want to get into, you know, keep getting into these uh, trilogies and stuff like that because that slows down the rest of the, of the division. But these fights are so close between these guys um, mm-hmm. that we want to see it again. So. It's a mixed bag. But hey, for the record, I just want to throw this out there. I was just thinking about now. I know it's not gonna happen, but boy, wouldn't this be a fun time for a guy like Mighty Mouse to come back to the flyweight division? Like now that you have these established guys. Yeah, I would I would love to have Mighty Mouse back in the UFC um with no division at all. Like I that has would be no factor. I just want to see him back in the UFC. But yeah, be interesting. Um I think the level of talent has uh, evolved a lot at this point. So, you know, we could see some competitive fights, but I don't think we're going to see him back. I I think he's, you know, pretty near retirement at this point. He doesn't like all the drama in the UFC. Uh, I think he's happy in one championship. So Uh, let's move on to the last fight on the card. Alexander Volkanovsky versus Yair Rodriguez for the featherweight title Yair came ready to fight uh but it wasn't enough Falkonowski is just another level um he's just consistent he finds ways to win he's just good all over uh I just don't know what else to say about this guy like he's super impressive I want to see Volkanovski um Dana said he can do what he wants pretty much. You know, he'll fight for the lightweight if he wants and he's earned it. I want to see him fight uh, Ilya uh, to put next. I think that would be a fun fight. And then if he wins that one, which I would bet the house on him at this point, and I'd like to see him fight uh, Islam again. You know, have Islam fight the winner of um, Gaethje Poirier and we build towards that fight because I feel like that's where we're going to head. And we're looking at the two best in the lightweight and the featherweight divisions right now. Yeah, um, I don't think anyone's beating Volkanovski at 145 right now. Yeah, he might have to slow down with age or something like that before right. anyone can catch him. So, uh, yeah, he can do whatever. If he wants to go up and fight Islam again, um, he can. Uh, I, I think it, like Dana said, it's up to whatever he wants to do, and he'll do it in whatever order he decides he wants to do it in. So, um, I appreciate how active he is as a champion, mm-hmm. you know, not only in his own division, but trying to go up to 155. And so I, as a fan, appreciate that because, you know, that is something that we don't see in every division uh, heavyweight. But, um, you know, I appreciate that. So shout out to Volkanovsky. You know, I'm a believer now for sure. Nobody's beating this guy. Uh, good luck to Topuria. It is an interesting matchup for sure, mm-hmm. but. Uh, I'm with you. I'd bet I'd bet my house on Volkanovski at this point. And since you said heavyweight, that's a great segue because we're going to finish off with a couple heavyweight fights in the news. I'll let you pick which one you want to talk about first. Oh, well, well, we're on UFC. So let's talk about the UFC heavyweight. Um, 
title. Stipe versus John Jones, booked for 295 in November. Um, what do you think about this finally getting booked? I'm happy. Um, it's a good fight to have it booked. I think John Jones, you can't bet against John Jones. I think Stipe has been in so many battles. He's a little weathered. Um, so I just would favor John here. But I will say this. If Stipe comes in looking at his absolute peak, this is a very interesting fight because Stipe has the ability to not just get taken down so easily. And if he's got to speed with his hands advantage, John gets hit, and we'd be looking at him getting hit at what you know in the heavyweight division, which we have not seen yet because Sirogan did not touch him at all. So it is an interesting fight on that level, but I just can't bet against John Jones based on the stuff we see. Um, and based off the fact that Stipe's been through so many wars with now with Francis Nagano, with Daniel Cormier, it just seems like the time's right for Stipe just to take uh, one last paycheck and get out of here. That's what it seems like. But we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, I personally do think that Stipe maybe is a little too old and a little too weathered at this point to, at this point, prime Stipe, different, a different saying something else. But I think right now I don't see him beating John unless he has the speed advantage, which going back to that fight with Sirogan, I know that he wrapped Sirogan up real fast and took care of him, but when they were just moving on the feet before they actually engaged, John looked very slow. Um, right. That could have just been ring rust. Could have just been, he's still getting used to that weight at heavyweight, or it could just be that he is that much slower now at this weight. And that's going to be a problem if he fa- faces Stipe and Stipe still looking like the Stipe of old, um, you know, his hand speed's ridiculous. Like you said, John does get hit with his style. Um, you know, Stipe could be there to uh, claim greatest heavyweight of all time without any objection, because if he beats John, that's what you have to call him. Well, that's a great segue because there would be one objection. I think a guy named Francis Nagano, they were probably not going to talk much about in the UFC no. is getting his big boxing match that he wanted against Tyson Fury. I'm a little disappointed. I mean, I'm happy for Francis. He's going to get this payday. But, man, I was really hoping on some level we would do a hybrid rules fight. I knew it probably wouldn't happen. Tyson Fury just was going to, you know, he was going to play the A game. You know, he's the A side, so we're going to do what he wants. And we did. Um, This is a bad, bad matchup as far as I'm concerned. When you really want to get right down to it, Fury is so much faster so much more experience and has the power to knock out Francis. Francis has the power to knock him out. Don't get me wrong, but he doesn't have any of the other uh, capabilities in a boxing match, you know, an MMA fight. Yeah. He could maybe cut off the octagon. He could take him down. You know, he could leg kick him. And, and by the way, stylistically fury is one of the better matchups in an MMA fight because he's so fast and he hits hard it's the epitome of a puncher's chance but we're not going to put that up for grabs so we're going to get this boxing match so it's whatever i'm happy for uh, them i'm sure it will draw a decent number i don't know if it's going to do mcgregor mayweather numbers i doubt it you don't have the ufc machine behind it you don't have connor who was you know essentially the hottest star 
right now, bigger than the UFC at that time. Um, and even Tyson is good to see he's not Floyd at that point. So I don't, I see this will do good numbers, but I just don't think it's going to be as big as uh, everybody's hoping. We've also seen this before. We've seen these MMA right. fighters try to fight the boxers and they just lose every time. So, yeah. um, yeah, I, I think, you know, is it outside the realm of possibility that Francis knocks out Tyson? No. no, it's not. Tyson could go in there very confident and cocky and toy with Francis and get caught. Um, but more than likely, he goes in there and does whatever he wants and embarrasses Francis and then knocks him out. Um, yes? I will say this. You know he has no chance. There's not a better guy you could probably want to root for to get it. Oh, for sure. He's such a nice guy. He's humble. He's been this smear campaign against him to make him look like he's some kind of coward is ridiculous. Yeah. I'd really like to see him get that. It's just not very realistic, unfortunately. Right. I'm glad he's going to get paid. Um, You know, that's what he deserves, you know, coming from a sand mine in the Congo or whatever to fighting Tyson Fury for, tens of millions of dollars is uh, a great story. So uh, shout out to Francis. Can't wait to watch Tyson fight. Um, Not sure if it's going to be an exhibition or if it's going to put Francis's title on the line, uh, or I mean uh, Tyson's title on the line. That hasn't been worked out yet. We don't know how many rounds the fight is or anything like that. Eight. I I saw, yeah. Okay, so um, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I'm not getting too excited about it. If it comes out that it's an exhibition, my interest goes down a lot because there's a lot of shady sports entertainment uh, things that could go on with this. Um, but if it if it's a real fight, I'm looking forward to it for sure. Yeah, yeah. They, I'd probably find a way to get my money. You know. Yeah. Might try some sneaky things, but we'll see. <laughs> All right. Let's tell people what we got coming up one more time. All right. July 22nd, UFC Fight Night, Aspinall versus Tibura. Then July 29th, UFC 291, Poirier versus Gaethje 2. We'll probably talk about Earl Spence and Terrence Crawford for that one as well. And then August 5th, UFC Fight Night, Sandhagen versus Nurmagomedov. All right, guys. This was fun. We'll see you at the fights. All right, so that wraps us up for this week. Thank you again for listening to the Working Fans Podcast. So as always, you can find us on Twitter at Fans Working. Our Facebook page is Working Fans Wrestling Pod. We have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also. That's Working Fans Wrestling Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, Working Fans Wrestling underscore pod. And then as always, please continue to listen to us on Anchor.fm, Google Podcast, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, all your major platforms. If you're following us on Apple Podcasts, which we are also on now, and YouTube, please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you every week.